and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Scoot Henderson there, the potential number two overall pick. Minus 115 over BetMGM in the NBA draft. Could go number three to Tristis Portland Trailblazers, though. If he does fall to that point, he was he's he's been very vocal about how he thinks that he could be as good as Victor Wembanyama and should be considered for the number one overall pick. We know that's not going to happen, but what we do know is that 2-3 spot in the draft, Trista, has got really the potential to be something we don't have an ide- total idea on until the very last minute where these teams are going. Yeah, and the thing that I'm curious about is just what Portland's going to do because I feel like this is now dominating all of the NBA conversation, not just as now a Portland Trailblazers question and curiosity. Uh, this is now a league-wide thing because if Portland didn't have the number three pick and they had the number four pick, we wouldn't even care. Yep. It wouldn't matter. It doesn't uh, we're trading the pick. Doesn't matter who's there. Amon Thompson, Oscar Thompson, whoever. Um, that's just the way that it is. And now that Scoot looks as good as he, as he does, as now that it looks like Charlotte is going and is prepared to take Brandon Miller. That's what all the reports are saying. Mm-hmm. If Scoot falls to three, this could potentially be the most important, impactful number three pick since Michael Jordan. I've looked back. I haven't seen someone who could have easily gone number one, go number three. He would be going number one in almost any other draft, Scoot. What about Jason Tatum? Uh, Yeah, I think Jason Tatum, but he didn't have as much. It wasn't like he, you had two people better than him, and it was just like mm-hmm. a stacked draft. Mm-hmm. It was these two other teams are idiots. Um, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> they're Especially Phil- still- Philadelphia Danny taking Ames Markel Fultz and then <laughs> L.A. up to get, tra- get Markel so Fultz. So stupid. Oh, man. And then Lonzo Ball there. So I don't I don't think that's the same. Um, but it definitely, obviously, Jason Tatum as a number three, three pick was huge, too, and, and franchise-altering. But when you have – when you're very obviously trying to trade this pick, and then a guy who could alter your franchise forever comes and goes, and you already are scarred about passing on someone because because of the exact same reason <laughs> that they could pass on Scoot, which is we already have Clyde Drexler. What do we need Michael Jordan for? I don't know. Maybe he's really good and they can play together. So to me, I'm like. In that alternate reality, would Jordan have been as good, though, playing with Clyde Drexler? Yeah. Okay. I think he would have. You think so? I think Michael Jordan was always going to be Michael Jordan. Probably. I don't think it mattered where he played. <laughs> so to me, I'm wondering, well, is there a reality where Scoot, who is considered now, another thing that I learned from my friend uh, from the Portland Trailblazers, I said, man, he looks pretty big for 6'2". He looks like a big 6'2". And he goes, no, he's actually 6'4 now. Yeah. So you've got a point guard who's 6'4", uh, who can play, and you could have Dane maybe play the two, and you cross-match him in terms of defense. Maybe you have Shaden play a little three. I don't know. Or maybe you can mess around and get Paul George for Scoot. I don't know. The The possibilities are endless. I know Scoot's going to fall to Portland, thankfully, and also really sadly. And In fact, I would have been fine with Portland passing on Brandon Miller. That would have been great for us. I could have just forever and ever just said we saw him as the bust that he is. But then you'd have to deal with him in a, in a Blazers uniform through all we of that. We would trade. We would definitely <laughs> trade. Don't you think now, though, you mentioned this a little bit, like there's at least the possibility that they go, let's go full young backcourt. Let's just make this team completely young and get a haul for Damian Lillard. Because he's talking about 
other te- throwing out hypothetical teams well, like Brooklyn and there's the let's Heat. Let's be honest now. That's not fair. He was on a show mm-hmm. and the guy was baiting him. He asked him a million times, hey, Dame, I know you're in every hypothetical trade. Out of all the hypothetical trades, if you had to be tra- – if, if someone told you you would have been traded to one of these teams, who would you be your top choice? And he said, well, obviously Miami. They're in the finals right now, and I love Bam Adebayo. He's my dog. And I like Brooklyn because I like Mikael Bridges. So, And then they asked him, on opening day in October 23, 2023, do you believe that you will be on the Portland Trailblazers roster at that point? Do you believe you will be playing for them? And he said, yes, I do. Hmm. So, yeah, he was at the scoot. He was at the scoot workout. They say he's a star. Listen, John Morant was able to contribute at an all-star level right away. I just like that there's at least a crack in the armor with this with you. Just just at least admitting, see, like, Scott, hasn't it changed just a tiny little bit? It's at least out of the point where you're realizing it's not 100% that he stays in Portland. Let's get it started. <laughs> yep. I want to just, let's just started. spin the rumors even more. Let's make this even more chaotic. Draft and scoot. Boom. Come on. If it, I mean, we're, we'll be on the air for it. So we'll That's see true. what happens. That's true. And I don't know, guys. Like, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Dame in Brooklyn would be a lot of fun to watch. I'll They're say not. That. Here's <laughs> the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. They're not any closer. So all of the places that Dame said he would be open to going, none of those are contenders. And even close to contenders. Yeah, it was with Brooklyn, Philadelphia. No. Uh, it, like the places that he could really tr- truly go. Like if you were to trade Dame to Miami, do you know what you would have to give us in order to get Dame? A whole lot that Miami doesn't have. At that point, you are now not a contending team. I don't think they'd do that move. You're going to have to give us Bam. You're going to have to give us Tyler Hero, who will flip. You're going to have to give us Duncan Robinson, who will probably flip. And like three first-round picks. Are they doing that? No. If it's Brooklyn... You're going to have to give us Mikael Bridges. You're going to have to give us Nick Claxton and all the picks that you have. If it's Utah, you're going to have to give us everyone. If it's Philly, you're going to have to give us Joel Embiid. So what? Who? if Dame, Dame needs to come to the reality that there, he's too important, that if you send him to a team, most likely you're going to give up so much in assets that you will no longer be a team that truly is competing for a title. It that, just doesn't exist. That's how the NBA is now, though. I mean, we there was a, so it was before the Donovan Mitchell trade happened, and there was you know what, what the Knicks would give up or maybe what Cleveland would give up. It was like you know here's four or five draft picks, blah blah blah, with like the speculation before it. And then there, I think ESPN.com did this article, and it was here's a look at all of the trades and what the teams got for these star players, going back to like Allen Iverson getting traded to the Nuggets, and the draft picks and compensation for one star has increased exponentially over the last couple of decades where that is the problem, where you can have a great young team, but if you gut it and you give up all your future assets, how much wiggle room do you have unless you were like, it would have worked out for the Warriors if they had had all those young guys and they looked better and then they traded them in some picks and got somebody else to prolong their whole dynasty and win now. But like, it just doesn't work out. The Knicks did that with Carmelo Anthony. And they made one second round the entire time he was there. Think about this. So we got the Nuggets and the Heat in the finals right now. If you look at the Heat, the only player of note that they did not organically draft, and I'm not going to use Kyle Lowry. That was a free agency sign and trade, but it was it's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was a free agent, though. He went there on his own. Bam Adebayo was drafted. Max Drews was picked up undrafted. 
Tyler Hero was well, they gave drafted. some sort of compensation. Wasn't there some sort of sign and trade for Jimmy Butler? They couldn't make it work without having to do. They had to move something, didn't they? It was, I think it was a uh, garbage. Um, what was his name? Garbage. He was terrible. It was still some sort of sign and trade. Oh it, yeah, Hassan, Hassan Whiteside was part of that. Oh yeah, he went to Portland in the trade. It was like a fourteen yes, deal. Yeah, um, and it was also the kid who was the go, three and D wing. Hassan Whiteside to the Blazers, Josh Richardson to Josh the Sixers, Richardson, that's Mo Harkless in a future first round pick to the Clippers, Myers Leonard to the so Heat. So that's like nothing, right? Yeah. They picked him up in free agency, let's be real. They're not doing that trade like that if he wasn't a free agent. Okay. Everybody else? Uh, Kyle Lowry was a sign-and-trade, and they got rid of Goran Dragic, who wanted to go anyway, and then he ends up moving on. You've got Max Struess, Caleb Martin, that they picked up out of nowhere. So the only player who's really contributing to this championship team that they picked up outside of the draft or you know in free agency after the draft and they're undrafted is Jimmy Butler. You look at the Nuggets. The only player of real note that they picked up that was not in the draft is Aaron Gordon. And they paid, I think, three first-round picks for him. Mm-hmm. And they gave a couple of young players up. But let's be real, like Aaron Gordon wanted out, and then they re-signed him. So you've got Michael Porter Jr., who was drafted. you got Jokic, who was drafted. you got Jamal Murray, who was drafted. You look at Boston. All of those guys were drafted. You look at the Warriors. All of those guys were drafted. It's really, really hard to comprise a team from a guy who forces his way out. If you look at the Warriors with Kevin Durant, that was free agency. There's not been a a team with a player who has forced his way out and had to give up a haul for them. That team really competes. And this is, thank God you see this too, because so many people don't see this. Super teams have not worked. I mean, I would even argue that LeBron and Miami. That was free agency too. Yeah, but it's still like even tying together so many different players, they only won two titles. They should have won a lot more than two titles. I'm sorry they should have. But, yeah, it's even worse when you give up a ton of assets, gut your future, gut the young players that you have, and then try to move forward with it. And the new CBA is going to make this even harder. Where the NBA offseason, we may be past the highest level of chaos going back to Kawhi, Clippers, that whole Paul George thing. There's still going to be plenty of trades and player movement and guys asking to go somewhere else, and teams are going to be aggressive, especially with how wide open the NBA clearly is right now because you could have two new teams very easily in the finals next year. I mean, neither one of these teams is one where you go, I mean, I love the Nuggets over the next five years, but they could very easily miss out on the finals next season. But you now have a draft where you've got – somebody that's been described as a future star in Scoot Henderson. Brandon Miller, I know you don't like him, but there's at least a lot of upside there. Guy could be really, really good. And then Victor Weminyama, it's not going to matter. We know he's going number one, but you're going to start to see this draft is deep. It does have a lot of talent, especially if you're looking for guards. Unfortunately, you want more wings in the NBA today. But there is there's talent farther down this draft board, too, where you may start to see teams go, look, let's look who's in the, in the finals right now, you know? I don't think I want to give up five first-round picks and two young assets for one star that's 31, 32 years old. And that's the smart way to really build your team. But you also have to be good at identifying that talent. The Nuggets have done it. The Heat have done it. Heat did it with undrafted guys. We talk about the Thunder, how great the Thunder are. Sam Presti, that organization, finding all these diamonds in the rough. You have to be able to do that. Otherwise, you can have all the picks you want, but it really doesn't matter when it's all said and done. Yeah, man, that's like what it is. And a team like OKC... A team like OKC is prepared. They could actually compete. But they're not in the running because they're a smart organization. They're not looking to trade for Dame and increase their window right now. Like, speed it up. There's organically built teams that are going to be really good, and 
three years. You saw OKC going to the play-in tournament this year, mm -hmm. and that was a team nobody had any expectations for. Imagine, say it was like Lou Dort, uh, Josh Giddy, I don't know, maybe Jalen Williams. You trade them, and now you've got Damian Lillard, Shea. You've got, like, young talent. you got Chet. you got whoever they get at 12. Like, that team's probably the most ready to compete if you had Shea and Dame in the backcourt because Shea is such a good defensive monster. But let, let's be real. Like, Portland should just say, listen, Dame, um, we're drafting Scoot, and we're not moving you. So that's it. That's the end. That Literally, that's the end. You're going to need to go in free agency. Do you think there's anything they could do that would make him upset enough where no. he'd want to leave? I don't think so. Nothing. Because ultimately it's like he knows that the grass is not greener either. Mm -hmm. And where are you going to go? Where are you going to go that's going to be – because he's not James Harden. Right. He's, his entire goal is just to win, and he wants to win with the team. That's true. It's like he's literally the polar opposite of James yeah, Harden. Yeah, he doesn't want to just go somewhere. Yeah. He wants to go just specifically so that he can win a title. So if you're not going to a place where you're any better off and you're a second-round exit team, you're exactly the same place you were with Portland. So why would you do that? Clippers are a second-round team. They did all that work just to be a second-round team. First-round exit. Come on now. It's it's really hard to win a championship. Now, maybe if there's a three- or four-team trade. No, that's not really going to make the difference. Yeah, it's, it's just gotten to the point now where I, I think it, it teams will I, – I honestly, I hope that that's the case. I hope we get back to more drafting and building teams young this way as opposed to completing gut, you know, completely gutting all of these rosters. But I'm higher than you on Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller has at least got a lot of upside. I understand he's slow. He's got kind of a – like. He makes sense, though, going number two overall. He makes sense going to the Hornets. They need three-point shooting. He can bring that. They need a wing. He can bring that. You need threes that can – or wings that can shoot threes in today's NBA. So he makes sense. The problem is the value on that's just disappeared. I mean, we watched it right when we were actually watching the lottery, and it went from like 8-1 to one to 5-1 to one to 4-1, to one, and then it was just – then all the value was done just like that because reports almost came out right away the Hornets were going in that direction. Yeah, the Hornets are a really interesting team because they – simply never make good decisions uh, outside <laughs> of LaMelo Ball. And so you know that because they're drafting Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller just quite simply won't work out. And you'll either get hurt or he'll do something stupid or he'll turn into James Booknight and he'll end up in the G League for a little while. So enjoy Brandon Miller. Uh, continue to make bad decisions, Michael Jordan, until you sell the team. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Here's a would you rather. Would you rather have bet on Michael Porter Jr. over 14 and a half points in this game or Brandon Miller, Rookie of the Year? Michael Porter Jr. Okay, that shows the true hate for Michael Porter Jr. there, for, for Brandon Miller there. All right.